All right, guys, you are locked on Falcons. I'm your host, Aaron Freeman. Today, we're answering some leftover listener questions, as well as discussing Arthur Smith's appearance on Chris Collinsworth's podcast last week, talking about the Falcons borrowing the Kansas City Chiefs approach to their long-term plan to the quarterback position, as well as Smith's ability to make adjustments within his offense. You are locked on Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, guys, you know me. I'm Aaron Freeman. been covering the Falcons for many years, formerly at FalFans.com. RIP, still going strong, however, on Twitter, at FalFans. And, of course, the host of this preeminent Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And before we get into today's episode of Locked On Falcons, I want to plug the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. Winning your league starts with the right data. Vinny Iyer of the Sporting News provides you the edge you need in your fantasy football leagues. Look for Locked On Fantasy Football, a daily podcast all year round so your fantasy team never fails. Subscribe to Locked On Fantasy on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So today's episode, we are answering a couple of leftover mailbag questions towards the end of today's episode, including whether or not having a different schedule order of play would lead to an easier road for the Falcons to make the postseason this year. Looking at some of the differences between Arthur Smith and Dan Quinn early on in their tenures and who the Falcons might sign before the start of the season. So before we get into that, I do want to sort of uh, discuss topics that I lightly touched on yesterday's episode on the Q&A that we did yesterday. And uh, it was talking about Arthur Smith's appearance on the Chris Collinsworth podcast last week and him talking about the Falcons decision to not take a quarterback at the top of that draft and, and, and citing the Kansas City Chiefs model in which they picked up Alex Smith and then later on, uh, you know, four or five years down the road, wound up trading up for Patrick Mahomes as being a worthwhile model for long-term team building with the attitude and the implication that that is the sort of the model that the Falcons are going for with Matt Ryan sort of stepping in to that Alex Smith role. We want to talk about that and also want to get into uh, later today, something he mentioned talking about his ability to make adjustments and doing a little bit of research into that on today's episode. But let's start things off talking about that decision to pass on the quarterback and taking the Chiefs model. And again, to remind you guys, back in 2013, when Andy Reid took over as the Kansas City Chiefs head coach in 2013, I believe John Dorsey was the general manager there. They brought in Alex Smith from the 49ers and basically built a team around him for the next four years prior to drafting Patrick Mahomes, which was a very geared towards Alex Smith's strengths with leaned heavily on the running game, as well as being much more of a defensive minded team. Um, and we're very successful doing that, you know, made the playoffs three out of the next four years in 2013, 2015 and 2016. Um, they averaged almost 11 wins per season over those four years. They wound up culminating them, then getting the two seed in 2016 were beat by the Steelers in the second round of the playoffs and in 18 to 16 loss in which they struggled offensively for the first three quarters, only scoring about seven points in those first three quarters. And, you know, for obvious reasons, they saw that they needed to get a little bit more on offense and wound up trading up 
in the 2017 draft into the top 10 of that draft class in order to snag Patrick Mahomes. And of course the rest is history and you know how this applies to the Falcons model. This is something that I have discussed and and sure others have discussed several times over the last several months in terms of a viable model for the Falcons to be following in terms of basically Matt Ryan being our version of Alex Smith giving us that sort of stability. Arthur Smith sort of spoke on this in the podcast appearance and providing that stability and, and worrying about the future of the quarterback position down the road and, and taking the model, um, sort of paraphrasing what Arthur Smith said, which is building up the team first and then going and getting quarterback as opposed to going and get your quarterback and then building the team around them, which seems to be a, a fairly popular model. And that, and that sort of, gets back to the heart of the conversation that we have spent, you know, the better part of the last six plus months talking about on this podcast and certainly in, in Falcons media um, talking about the decision or not the decision to take a quarterback with that uh, fourth overall selection. And I know since the Julio Jones trade, a lot of people have called into question the Falcons decision to follow this uh, so-called chiefs model. If you want to call it that given the expectation is, you know, you want to build around Matt Ryan and, and, you know, turn the keys over to some young quarterback three to five years down the road. Um, and if you want to do that, you, you want to try to win now under your version of Alex Smith in Matt Ryan. But, you know, certainly given the trade of Julio Jones, people can call into question whether you are doing that right now. And so, you know, to me, the interesting conversation about this is you got to find ways to win. And this is the point I will continue to harp on this podcast for the next three months until you're sick of hearing me say this, that, you know, it's, it's, it boils down to you can do whatever you want. You know, if there's anything that you can take away from this podcast is that, you know, it's not about what plan you choose. It's about, you know, your execution of said plan, right? If you execute it well, meaning that you win games, then no one's going to care what plan you choose. All that matters is winning the games. And so that's going to be something that's going to be a pressure for this Falcon team this season, as well as next season. This decision to stick with Matt Ryan seems to be very likely to last two years. Um, there's no guarantee that Matt Ryan will be on the Falcons roster in 2022, but it's very likely that given the expectations and the circumstances, the Falcons will retain Matt Ryan. Obviously the big question surrounding Matt Ryan is his massive cap hit next year of around $49 million. The, you know, they're going to have to find a way to lower that in some form or fashion. They can either do that by trading him and taking on $41 million in dead money, or they could do it by restructuring or extending him. And it's much easier for them to justify an extension for him if the Falcons wind up making the playoffs this year. If they wind up, you know, winning seven games this year, I think it's going to be a lot harder for uh, folks to buy into the narrative of, of marrying yourself to Matt Ryan long term over, the, you know, with an extension, presumably, which is going to marry you um, to Matt Ryan probably for another three or four years. If the team is coming off a seven win season, that's going to be a a lot harder pill to swallow. But if they're coming off a playoff season, then that becomes a much more viable strategy. And obviously the result after that point is you're going to have to maintain that winning. And we saw that with the chiefs. They they came out of the gates in 2013, made the playoffs. They went nine and seven the following year, missed the playoffs, similar to the Falcons going nine and seven in 2009 when they drafted Matt Ryan and then subsequently made the playoffs the next several years. and, And, you know, have, been successful ever since, including uh, making the transition to Patrick Mahomes. And that's going to be the pressure that's going to be on the Falcons. You know, if they don't win this year, then there's going to be pressure on them to win next year. There's going to be 
immense pressure on them to win next year because you're just not going to be in a situation in my eyes where you're going to be, you know, in 2023, say, uh, paying Matt Ryan 30, you know, plus million dollars a year to a 38 year old Matt Ryan, if you're not a perennial playoff contender. Um, so, you know, I, I think Matt Ryan's ability to stay in Atlanta beyond the next two years will depend entirely on this team's success. I think if they don't make the playoffs this year, then they have to in 2023, uh, or I'm sorry, in 2022, and if they make the playoffs this year, then that gives them a little bit of uh, leeway to potentially not make the playoffs in 2022 when presumably you're going to have a much harder schedule going up against the AFC North and the NFC West to the divisions, at least today, most people would consider the two toughest divisions in their respective conferences. So it's going to be a lot of pressure. And I think the thing that we're going to probably wind up seeing, if I'm going to make a prediction um, right now, is that we're probably going to see this team, you know, obviously do the best it can this upcoming season. And then through restructures and extensions and trades and cuts and whatnot, be in a similar cap situation at the outset of next offseason and try to be a little bit more proactive in free agency to build that winner, especially if they're coming off a slightly less successful season. But even if they are, I think there there's going to have to be a significant push and a significant change in turnover from the roster uh, next offseason. So. You know, while I think this new regime sort of took it easy this offseason and kind of punted many of their big decisions until next offseason, you know, I think next offseason we're going to have to see them make some very big, bold moves, uh, whether that includes extending players like Matt Ryan and Grady Jarrett and Deion Jones and restructuring guys like Jake Matthews and extensions for Calvin Ridley, et cetera. So we'll see how it all plays out, but certainly I think it's a viable model for the Falcons to follow down that chief's path. But again, you got to get the results and you got to win games uh, sooner rather than later is the point I'm trying to get to, but uh, we'll continue today's episode of lockdown Falcons talking more about one of the things that Arthur Smith said on the Chris Collinsworth podcast, talking about his ability to make adjustments and, and whether or not, you know, he quite lived up to those expectations and what he said, and we'll get into that as we continue today's Locked On Falcons podcast. But before we get there, guys, I do want to plug the NBA side of the Locked On Podcast Network, where you can find a daily podcast devoted to your favorite NBA team, including the Atlanta Hawks. Check out the Locked On Hawks podcast hosted by Brad Roland. Find Locked On Hawks on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. BetOnline gives you all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and UFC and MMA action. And there's no time like now to get started at BetOnline because the NBA and NHL playoffs are ongoing. Wimbledon is starting off, and of course, baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at BetOnline, and it's not just sports. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Just head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today at betonline.ag. Use the promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. That means if you deposit a hundred bucks, you get $50 in free money to play with. If you deposit a thousand bucks, you get $500 in free money to play with by using that promo code locked on bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So another point that Arthur Smith made in the podcast with Chris Collinsworth was talking about making adjustments uh, with his personnel and, he cited a very specific example about how his offense tried to work with the injuries they had in Tennessee last year uh, at the left tackle position with Taylor Luan getting hurt in week six and then having a month of Ty Sambrello replacing him at the left tackle position and then Sambrello getting hurt 
and then going the rest of the season up through the postseason with David Questenberry as their starting left tackle and sort of how he mentioned how the offense changed when each of those guys were in the lineup and how, you know, the strengths of one was not necessarily the strengths of the other and how they had to make adjustments. And so when I initially heard him make that statement, I was a little, you know, I thought it was a little dubious, um, but wound up, you know, doing the research and, and finding the evidence that they did make some uh, adjustments um, to how they played the football just looking at their, you know, the frequency of of where they ran the football, looking at sharpfootballstats.com and looking at their directional running, whether, um, you know, looking at how often they ran to the left side versus the right side uh, and counting left side runs being runs that were charted as running to left end, left tackle or left guard. And of course, right side being right guard, right tackle and right end. And, you know, when Luan over the first six weeks, they ran the ball to the left side about 39% of the time. Then they switched to about 41% of the time under Sam Brelo, and then it was 37% of the time under Questenberry. And that was sort of initially where I was like, oh, there's not a significant difference between how often they ran the ball uh, to the left side or not, whether regardless of who uh, was in the lineup at that left tackle position. And, of course, the uh, Titans, for the most part, at the other five positions had all, you know, the other four starters uh, healthy for the, the most part. I think maybe Roger Saffold missed one game, um, but at the left guard position, but then, you know, what was noticeable when I looked up, okay, the, they didn't change how f- frequently they ran to the left side, but they did uh, significantly increase the amount of times after Luan's injury, how often they leaned on the right side of the r- run game, the right side of that offensive line. And, you know, when Luan was in the lineup, they only ran the ball to the right side about 30% of the time, but that increased to 40% of the time under both Sambrello and Questenberry when they were in the lineup. So that increase, they were leaning on more on the right side of their offensive line to be where a significant portion and ultimately the majority of their runs went. So, you know, on under Luan, it was about 40% of the time to the left and about 30% to the right. After his injury under Sam Brayla was about an even split of 40, 40. And then over the final seven games, they actually ran more to the right um, under Questenberry, because obviously you would assume that he was the weaker of the three uh, left tackles. And, you know, it's difficult for me to even call anybody weaker than Ty Sambrello on this locked on Falcons podcast. The other notable factor is that they threw the ball a lot less when Luan was out of the lineup, presumably because you don't, you know, your pass protection is not going to be nearly as good. And you don't want to put those tackles in worse positions, not to mention, you know, we do have to factor in that, you know, this person who started at right tackle for the Titans last year, Dennis Kelly, hopefully who the Falcons might wind up picking up if they need to address some of their uh, tackle depth before the season starts. But he was not necessarily going into the summer expected to be the starter, but because their first round pick in Isaiah Wilson uh, fell flat on his face uh, as a rookie and, and probably, you know, just based off of his first year in the NFL may go down in history as one of the biggest busts in NFL history. Um, you know, so they also had some issues on the right side of the offensive line, at least, you know, relatively speaking, but obviously that proved to be a strength by the end of the year. But going back to the point of reducing the amount of pass uh, plays, we look at those first five games with Luan healthy, the Tannehill averaged about 35.6 dropbacks per game, but then under Sam Brelo and Questenberry, that fell to about 29.6 and 29.4 respectively. In three of the first five games, Tannehill dropped back to pass 
at least 35 times and 35 being the cutoff. Cause that's roughly around league average last year. Technically it was about 37 dropbacks per game was the league average. Um, but after those first five games, once the one got injured, Tannehill only dropped back to pass 35 or more times, only one time. And that happened to be a week 13 loss to the Browns where the Titans fell into a 38 to seven, uh, halftime hole. And so forced them to throw the ball, but clearly Arthur Smith did make those adjustments upon, Taylor Luan's injury. Uh, so, you know, basically eliminated my initial skepticism of those statements. You know, we're not necessarily talking about night and day differences and their approach to offense. You know, the, we're talking about maybe a half dozen or so plays, uh, whether it's running to this side of the formation versus the other side of the formation or this many runs versus this many passes. But, you know, that's, that's not a non-significant number. I wouldn't necessarily say it's a massive difference in the offense, but clearly they made some adjustments. So I think that does speak highly to what Arthur Smith may bring to the table here in Atlanta, given some of the big concerns about now in a post Julio Jones world, you know, what adjustments will be made given that you're not going to have necessarily that type of player in your offense. Like he had um, in Tennessee with AJ Brown filling a very similar role and sort of what adjustments he will make. And so this does give me a little bit more confidence, a little bit more optimism that Arthur Smith will be able to make at least some tweaks and adjustments to better fit the current personnel that we have in here in Atlanta. But obviously, you know, we'll just have to sort of see how it all plays out. Um, but, uh, that's where I wanted to leave that sort of podcast appearance. And we got a couple quick questions that we can get to, to wrap up today's podcast with some leftover, uh, mailbag questions. But, uh, you know, before we get into that, I'm sure some of you listening, maybe the first time that you're listening to this podcast, you're sitting here wondering, okay, how can I submit questions for future episodes? And of course you can do so by hitting me up on Twitter at lockdown Falcons on Facebook at lockdown Falcons, or you can send an email to lockdownfalcons at mail.com. Did you guys know that Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market and it has nine delicious flavors? Whether you're a fan of coconut almond like me or you're a fan of cherry barcia, double chocolate, peanut butter brownie, mint brownie, cookies and cream, salted caramel, coconut, or raspberry, there's something for everyone. And there's also the limited time flavors like the summertime flavors of strawberry and orange. You can try them all with a mix box, getting two each of all nine flavors. Bilt Bars taste just like candy bars because they contain 100% real chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. It's not just about their great taste, they're healthy too. They're low in sugar and calories, high in protein and fiber. I like using them as low calorie meal replacements for breakfast and lunch. You can use them to give yourself that energy boost you need pre or post workout as you work your way into that summer beach body. Now that quarantine has been lifted, use built bars. However you want, just head over to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked 15 for 15% off your first order. That's promo code locked 15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. So our first question of our leftover mailbag episode comes from Michael Russo, the second at captain Russo one. It's weird, Michael, that you're the second, but your Twitter handle is a one, but that's neither here nor there. Michael's question is if you were to set the Falcon schedule this upcoming season, how would you set it compared to what it really is? What in your opinion would have been the best order of games to set us for a possible postseason success? And, you know, Michael, I don't have uh, a, the opinion that I'm sure you want me to have on here, you know, whether it's better to have your easy games in the early part of the schedule, the middle part of the schedule, the late part of the schedule, you know, that seems to be purely a preference. And frankly, I don't really have a strong preference. You know, it depends heavily on your team or whatever the case may be. Um, and you could make a case that either way works. So, you know, in terms of giving you a, a better 
schedule or order a schedule. I don't really have one. You know, maybe you want to flip the week two Bucks game with the week 17 Bills game so you don't get to play the Bills on the road in cold weather. Maybe you adjust the schedule so the Falcons actually have some back-to-back home games, which they don't currently have on the schedule, the only one being sort of their week four and five games, with the five game being a quote-unquote home game against the Jets, but that's a London game. So, you know, I don't really have a good answer for you, Michael. Uh, YRN at YRN70 asks, here are some questions. One, what are some Early differences between Dan Quinn and Arthur Smith, too. It's generally said that it takes quarterback two years to adapt to a new scheme. Will that hold true for Matt Ryan? And three, are there any signs that the defensive line will be put will be able to put more pressure on quarterbacks this season? So, one, you know, personally, I don't, to answer your first question about the differences between Dan Quinn and Arthur Smith, personally, I don't, I don't pay a lot of attention to that stuff. Um, particularly during this portion of the calendar, you know, I only really ultimately care about how you perform on Sunday and whether the team wins or loses. So all this stuff where you see various people saying, Oh, you know, Arthur Smith says this and he does it this way. And he's, he's about this and that. And Dan Quinn would have been about a different way. It's just like, I don't really buy into any of that stuff because everything that people are saying about the differences between Arthur Smith and Dan Quinn. Now people were saying similar things about the difference between Dan Quinn and Mike Smith. They are saying the same things about Mike Smith and Bobby Petrino, Bobby Petrino and Jim Moore, Jim Moore and Dan Reeves, Dan Reeves and June Jones. So it's to me, you know, it's the cynicism that's been built up over the last two plus decades of interacting with Falcon fans and, and, and seeing how they treat, each new coach as if they're like brand new and different when in reality, they just basically recycle the same old takes, you know, every five years when it comes to coaches. And, you know, I know a lot of it has been made about the difference in culture and, and whatnot. And, and maybe that's proved true, but like I largely believe that culture is competency that you, you have a successful culture. You have a good culture when, you know, people go to work every day, whether we're talking about a football team or, you know, working a retail job at a, you know, strip mall somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Um, you know, if you go to work every day feeling like everybody that you work with, coworkers, you know, supervisors, managers, bosses, et cetera, you know, are all competent people that will do their jobs and that will breed a good culture. Now, you know, I know for players in the locker room, that's maybe a little bit dismissive. And certainly if you're a player in the locker room, you certainly care about the day to day approach of Arthur Smith versus Dan Quinn. But since we're none of us, you know, no one on this podcast and no one listening to this podcast, or maybe, maybe there's a couple of people listening to the podcast, but you know, I'm assuming 99% of you do not play for the Atlanta Falcons that are listening to me talk right now. You know, I don't know why you would be overly invested in that as a fan. So, um, you know, the point being just like, you know, everybody loved the brotherhood until they didn't love the brotherhood. And so everybody's going to love Arthur Smith until they don't. And whether that's, you know, a year from now, five years from now, or 10, 15 years from now, you know, at some point we're going to get to the same point where someone's going to send me a question about, you know, whoever's the net coach of the Falcons and be like, what's the differences between him and Arthur Smith and, and why is he better and all that sort of stuff. So I tend to have a very cynical approach to that. To answer your second question about, you know, whether it takes two years to learn new scheme. Sure. You know, will Matt Ryan take two years? I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have any clue about that. Uh, maybe possibly. Sure. Um, your third question about whether or not there are any signs the defensive line will put more pressure on the quarterback. Sure. I mean, the healthier Dante Fowler and second year of Marlon Davidson, third year, John Kaminsky should mean greater contributions from those guys in theory, but we'll see if the, you know, what we believe in theory proves to be true in reality. 
So our last question comes from Thanos Jones, Julio's brother at Padre 1013 on Twitter. He has two questions. First, he asks, what if any roster move or moves do you feel would be prudent or plausible and plausible for the current regime to make before the season starts? And two, what godlike powers came with your much deserved blue check? So uh, first, um, you know, any veteran on the interior offensive line or edge rush is plausible would be prudent. You know, we're entering camp where Josh Andrews is the front runner to be the starting left guard and Jacob Tuoti Mariner, you know, might be our second best, you know, pass rushing edge, which, you know, I like JTM, but like, that's not a great place to be as a football team. So any, you know, decision to bring in a more experienced player, at either one of those positions, I think would be prudent and, and certainly plausible, but we'll, you know, I don't, I don't feel like this team is going to be in a rush to make any moves between now and the start of training camp is, is what I'll say. I would love to be surprised about that. And, you know, when moves are made like that, you know, they kind of come out of nowhere. So we'll see. But, um, you know, my expectation at this point in time is they're going to let see how guys perform in preseason before they make any big, bold decisions about revamping their roster. Um, but, uh, you know, to your second question, you know, basically the only thing that's changed over the last couple of days since I got that blue check on Twitter is, you know, I tend to get a little bit more annoyed by uh, the various questions that you guys send in on the podcast. So uh, <laughs> um, there you guys have it. That's it. I don't, I don't have anything else to add today. Um, you know, if you want to send in uh, future questions for future Q&As, of course, you can do so by hitting me up on Twitter at Lockdown Falcons on Facebook at Lockdown Falcons, or you can send an email to LockdownFalcons at mail.com. And uh, before you duck out of here and, and go about the rest of your day, I do want to plug the Locked On Today podcast that gives you all the sports news that you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Find out uh, all the things going on from all sports uh, with host Peter Bukowski and his various guests from the various locked on podcast network shows subscribe to locked on today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. All right, guys till then.